Welcome to Redefine Health. Being healthy has become overcomplicated, forcing us to live by someone else's labels and ideals. The aim of this podcast is to help you redefine what health means. Each week, we'll have stories from leading health experts offering us valuable insights in how we can improve all facets of our health. Okay, today we have a wonderful sports exercise psychologist on. We have Eddie Shiki. Now, Eddie used to be from Ireland in the sense he was born and raised in Ireland. However, you know, we'll forgive him for the fact that he's currently based in Manchester. Other than that, he provides a range of support for athletes, no matter what their field is, and actually tries to help improve their performance, their mentality, and how they kind of do the sport itself. So a lot of what he ends up working with happen to be guard players, golf, as well as basketball. And he touches on the aspect of having taught psychology in terms of how he delivers everything. So it is truly a wonderful episode. There is a lot in terms of relation to sport and skill acquisition, but the key here is not just the fact that it's related to sport, it's the things that actually can be brought in to everyday life so that we're in a better position. So I highly, highly recommend giving this a listen and I hope you enjoy and we shall see you all next week. As you pointed out, like there's a lot of things that end up changing anyway in terms of the sense that like people are slightly different predisposed to things and how we look at things and the environment as a whole will change a lot. Does the outcome of, how do I say, does the way we view life change our performance? Does the way we view life change our performance? Uh, of course. I think in the sense that if you're talking about, you know, the view outlook that you have on life, you know, even on, I suppose, a very simplified view, mm. if you're very optimistic about life, you'll be optimistic about performance. If you're very um, pessimistic about life, you'll probably be more pessimistic about life. And I suppose that's, I suppose, in a very you know, simple um, you know, aspect, you know, and I think the way the experiences that you have in life again translate into your sport, and again, I suppose your you know performance, mm. performance again translates across into your life really as well. Um, but definitely, um, you know, the what was the word you said? Did you use expectations in the word? Sorry, I didn't, but it was where I was going with it. <laughs> I, I suppose again, probably. Probably, I was thinking, I suppose, sort of shoehorn it in there, probably because that, that's maybe where I thought you were going with it. Like, yeah. Is that idea of, you know, yeah. I think it was just you said your outlook on life really translates to, you know, what expectations do you have for your life? Mm-hmm. And again, then you're getting in a different conversation perhaps <laughs> about the expectations you have around, you know, what do I want to do? Yeah. Maybe versus how I want to do it, you know, how I can do it, mm-hmm. you, you know. It opens up lots of different doors, but some doors might not be as pleasant as other doors, maybe. I like that because I was having a conversation with a client there the other week, and I was well, actually this week, surprising. And we we're talking about expectations, especially sports wise. But I was like, if we take the expectation just from sports and then kind of put it over life as a whole, and I was just like, it's not a direct rule. But in the sense that usually when we have expectations, we're in some capacity setting ourselves up for failure in the sense that especially if we're not in the position to do it, how would you see expectations truly being a benefit to someone in the long run? Yes. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. And I suppose it's, you know, expectation in the sense that, you know, is it achievable? I think mm-hmm. that has to be a part of it. You know, you know, you're aiming for something that, you know, is, you know, not achievable. Um, and I think also within expectations, again, it probably comes down to, you know, expectations externally that you might mm-hmm. have and expectations internally yeah. that you can have. And, you know, I think that's maybe where the key distinction comes in because lots of people have, you know, expectations of, I want to do this, you know, I want to be successful and, you know, I want to win and, you know, I, you know, whatever I want, you know, outcomes, whatever. But, you know, how do you get those outcomes? Mm. You know, you know, how do you play well? You know, what, what is a good performance? You know, how can I do that? And then that's where we start to maybe get the idea of, 
we, we have expectations, but so often they're external and you know, we focus on them and we sort of overlook, okay, this is how we get to that, you know, meeting that expectations. And then that's where the issue comes because we don't get there. And then that's where maybe the expectation becomes, you know, damaging or, or, or unhelpful um, because we, we see this gap. Whereas, yes, good to have expectations, goals, targets, whatever you want to call them, but you have to work backwards in the sense in the, in the sense of, you know, how can I get that expectation or, you know, what is the small expectations that I have of myself that will help me get there in a sense? I like that. Would you say there's a different way of framing it so that you pointed out it's like having a realistic target in a sense anyway, but is there a way that it becomes less damaging for the person? Because it's like, we know this is not just sport related. This also is internal world, your daily life, that the same thing applies. Yes. And I suppose the one thing when you're talking about expectations, I suppose tied in maybe with perception and, you know, how do you perceive, you know, these things that happen or, you know, these things that you want. And, you know, I think perception is a really important thing, you know, you know, I suppose like we're having a conversation before, just before we come on there and we're kind of talking about you know, people's perceptions on you know, maybe things that they eat and stuff and you know how that impacts them as well and i think when we're talking about you know expectations and you know maybe making them you know less damaging or you know maybe less less unhelpful you know mm. uh, in that sense i think a lot of it has to you know come down to perception of you know how do you perceive this expectation you know do you perceive it as you know i need to get it i have to have this thing or is it this is what I'm, this is what i'm going for if i get it brilliant if I don't, I can live with that. You know, I'm going to take the steps that I know that, that are going to be help me get there. And I suppose then that idea of the expectation or the targets, it's just there and it's something I'm striving for. If I, And if I get there, like I say, you know, it's going to be all good. But if I don't, I've still made progress. And again, I suppose that's part of it. You know, it's okay to fall short. But as long as you're, I suppose, I've moved forward from maybe where you were, and I think sometimes it's maybe important to look back rather than you know, just you know keep looking forward because I suppose it's the world you live in now. You know everything's like oh you need to get this and look what look what everybody else is doing. They're here. You know what, what are you doing? But yeah. you, you, sometimes when you look back and you see no, oh, I've come quite far here actually. You know I haven't actually maybe got to where I wanted to be, but you know I'm still a lot further along than you know I was you know X amount of time ago. Yeah it's funny because it's it's something that we often hear so much about but it's seldom you ever put into practice i think that's that's a hard thing in a sense because it's like we're always what's the next goal what's are we attaining to what's the next height we're going for and when you kind of bring it to a sport perspective it's like i get it you want to be at the top of your game you want to be at the top of your level but there's only so much you can attain in a certain amount of time and it's interesting when you start seeing those clicking going in terms of i need to go i need to go but what we end up seeing like and i'm sure you've seen quite a bit of it is that when those goals and the, the, the need to attain become so driven in the person it's it's like a need so big that you end up seeing negative effects from it and those negative effects kind of push into their life what do you end up doing in that situation when you see that with athletes? It's like, how do you deal with, you know, trying to get to be the best, but falling short in that sense, because they keep doing it. Yeah. This was quite a bit there in the sense to unpack in terms of, you know, if they're, you know, striving for goals, you know, maybe not getting there, but you know, they're so driven. And, you know, one thing that I suppose, something that I started to realize a lot recently in my own work in terms of what a lot of people are really looking for is enjoyment. You know, and I've started to see it with a few people uh, that I've been working with, and it's just that idea of they come to me because maybe they haven't reached their goals. Mm. And, you know, that's maybe took away a sense of their enjoyment, you know, under, you know, underneath the surface, you know, it looks like, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, play from a senior team. You know, I'm not enjoying, you know, my my golf. You know, I'm playing, I'm playing poorly, 
and you know, yeah, you know, obviously success, you know, makes sport enjoy enjoyable. But if you can get the enjoyment first, you know, that promotes, you know, success doesn't breed enjoyment. You know, it does, I suppose, yeah, success does breed enjoyment, but success doesn't really come first. Enjoyment comes first. You know, if I ask anybody, you know, when I'm having these conversations with people and, you know, they, they are, they have driven, they maybe drop short. And, you know, I, I always ask them, why did you start playing your sport? You know, what, what did you get into it for? And it's never, oh, I got into it to, you know, win this and, you know, win all these individual accolades. It's always, you know, enjoying it. What what did you enjoy about it? Enjoy, you know, going out and playing with mates. You know, I enjoyed, you know, going down, having a bit of crack, you know, shooting a few shots, you know, going to the driving range, um, you know, going out and playing 18 holes and, you know, seeing could it get any better, you know, maybe starting, you know, 20 over and seeing could I go get 19 over. But then again, then in that sense, I suppose it ties back to what we're talking about. Expectations change. You know, you start off when you're younger and it's just about having fun and enjoying it. And then you get older, then, you know, you have to do this. You know, why are you playing if you're not, you know, winning or, you know, the expectations change. You know, it does come back to that. And I suppose it's in life, you know, life changes, situations change, expectations then change as well. What's expected of you either externally or what you expect of yourself but you know i suppose to go back to your original question maybe in terms of you know athletes that you know kind of hit that wall and it was disappointment you know i just thought first point i would say is you know why why did you start playing your sport because i know it i know it wasn't to reach same goals it was for enjoyment you know, what do you enjoy about your sport starting to reconnect in to that idea of you know what do you actually enjoy about your sport you know because if you can connect back in with that you know what you'll find is you know you're more you're more chance of actually reaching the goals because then you start to look at the things that you can do you ignore you know the external those external expectations that you have about success and whatever and you start to look back on you know, building relationships you know improving maybe as a as a player you know improving the game um you know you start to come towards them which then actually you know, as a byproduct, make you more likely to maybe reach those goals in a sense. Yeah. But that's probably, you know, in that sense, you know, maybe where I'd probably go with that conversations. And I suppose, again, maybe chatting in terms of, you know, values and things like that as well. Mm. You know, just something, um, you know, I think is quite important playing to them because then, you know, if you play to your values, if you know your values and you, you go out and, I suppose, play with them and, you know, I suppose in gain in your daily life, go about living the values that you have, then you're never going to be dissatisfied with what you have or what you end up with because you have that sense of, you know, contentment where I did it my way. I did it the way that I wanted to do it. You know, if you asked me to go back and do it 10 times, I'd probably just do it the same. And I suppose that's maybe... A long again, a long answer, but you know, it's, oh, to, it, it's it's funny because it's you speaking a lot in a sense of like I try to tell a lot of people the same thing. It's there's so much fun to be had in trying to get your goals. It doesn't matter whatever the goal is, and it's just like there's something to laugh at. Like currently, I'm trying to learn how to do like a handstand and that or handstand hold and a handstand walk. You know, and like the amount of times I'm over, the amount of times I spin around, the amount of times I slip, and it's like I'm there just laughing at it, and everyone's yeah. just like, "Why?" And I was like, "Well, it's an easy skill acquisition when I can find the enjoyment out of it, and it comes back to the same thing. A value of mine is that I've tried. It it, it doesn't matter if I failed at it; it's just the fact that I tried. So every time I hit that value, I'm going, "Hey." that's another positive take against that value that if I look back 20 years time ago, I'm like, Oh, look, I managed to do a handstand walk because I ended up trying, you know, yeah. who cares if I broke something, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me times, but do you feel that people when they playing sports neglect kind of their values, they just come into it and just go, Hey, now I'm going to just push and that should be enough yeah you know it's funny that you know i suppose in terms of values maybe it's, for some people it's maybe not something that they've looked at mm. and i think for a lot of people maybe you know which again you know a lot of people maybe value hard work 
and you know, you know, they put that forward as a value. You know, my value is going to be hard work, but you know, you always need something to balance it out. In a sense, you, you know, again, you know, you know, values are something that's there to be helpful, and you, you know, they're a, a way of performing, a way of playing, a way of living. But you know, sometimes do they become unhelpful in that sense as well? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of you know, it's worth sitting down and actually thinking about. Well, how do I want to perform? You know, what 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 way do I want to perform? What way do I want to live? And you know, something that you know again I'll talk to athletes, do you think these values that you have are getting you closer maybe to where you want to be? And um you know, it's something that maybe you know sometimes they don't think about. And I think in terms of sport, it depends on the sport too. You know, mm-hmm. some sports it's we need to win at youth level, it's we need to win that goes up to adult level then, you know, we need, you know, and, and, you know, the fun, you know, gets sucked out of it mm-hmm. because, you know, the fun becomes tied in with winning. Oh, you know, if we win, you know, you'll get this and, you know, we'll have a party or whatever. But if you lose, it's a bollocking match. You're shit, you're shit, you know, and I suppose again, you know, where's the fun in that? Yeah. You know, it's, I suppose for me personally, I'm, you know, I come from Ireland to play Gaelic football, and I suppose recently things that you start to see in terms of you know you know underage, you see it a lot. You know, in not all clubs, but you know a lot of clubs, it's all about winning. Mm-hmm. And you you know you wonder is is that really the mindset that you want for players? And I suppose uh, probably I suppose just uh, we're just talking in terms of you know maybe going maybe going in a different you know conversation but I suppose it's important I suppose when we're on the thread in a sense of you know that idea of winning especially in youth sport as well if you know you take enjoyment out of the underage and young athletes I'm sure you do work I suppose with younger people as well you, know, you have to make it fun you have to have that sense of you know you know there's something to be had and trying something and failing and you know having a bit of a laugh about it because you know that's what keeps people engaged in exercise in sport and you know if you don't if you take that away and say you know for your example you know if you have a child trying to do a handstand and i can't do a handstand but you know if you're trying to get a child to do a handstand and they fail you know you're going to say oh you're useless don't try that again you you take the fun out of it they're never going to try a handstand they're going to hate you know going to the gym you know they're going to hate those things and they're going to step away from it Mm. and i suppose again going back to youth sport that's why i think it's important you know you know, especially in terms of, you know, winning and things like that, maybe to pull that, maybe, I know it went off and we got a tangent here, but it's sort of when it came you know, up. <laughs> it's wonderful because I think this is something that, like, I hope people understand that we specialise in sport too early. Yeah. And uh, and everyone's like, no, but like, I want to be, you know, elite level crosser, elite level swimmer, elite level guard player. And I'm like, that's yeah. all well and good. But it's we neglect the childhood, we neglect the teenage years where skill acquisition is at its prime, where yeah. you can learn from so many different sports, from so many different things. And then it's just like you, you basically put the person into an adult world, even though they're not there. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, I find it extremely scary because I'm going like, you know, if a child chose the path, specifically going, hey, no, I I, I want to be the next LeBron. Yeah. You know? I want to be the next Steph Curry, you know? And you're going, okay, cool. You chose that. No one pushed that upon you. You made the decision on that. But it's when you see parents, when you see clubs going, no, this is the way we need to train. This is how you need to do it. I'm going like, <laughs> we all know adult life can be extremely taxing <laughs> and yeah. grueling on the mindset. Why would you put those through the kids? Yeah, I was like, you, you see it even in high levels now. It's like the same that like the ability to see crazy things occurring, like something like, oh wow, that was amazing expression of talent. It's dwindling in a sense. Yeah, I suppose it's funny. You know, you're talking about Chay looking to be the next LeBron. LeBron was playing high school football, like American football, up until he was eighteen. Yeah, and you know, and. Whereas you, and I suppose America, obviously, in terms of sport and things, you know, it's, it's you know maybe a lot further ahead than I suppose mm-hmm. in Ireland, in Ireland. But you know, again, you know, I look at 
you look at boys like Patrick Mahomes, you look at guys like Kyler Murray, then guys were playing baseball in college. You know, them guys were drafted to play in the MLB, you know, under the, the the top players in their respective sports. So, you know, how can we sit here and say you have to specialise in a sport from eight years of age? Again, I suppose I'm probably talking primarily about maybe invasion sports like Gaelic football, hurling, soccer, things like that there. Like, I'm not I'm not an expert in terms of... Um, I, I'll say two things. I'm not an expert in terms of skill acquisition first, but I'm not an expert in also those sports that we talk about, um, you know, maybe um, like gymnastics and things where, you know, I think the age profile does be a lot younger. Um, so maybe you kind of have to specialise there. But like I say, I'm not an expert in that. But, you know, you know, just things that I see. And, and you know, you ask those players, you know, you know, when you see those players interviewed and they're talking about, you know, playing different sports, you know, the, the thing that comes through is, yes, the skill acquisition, of course, but also, you know, enjoyed it. You know, I, I didn't play the two sports because I hated one of them. I played it because, you know, I enjoyed both of them. And, you know, again, we talk about burnout and stuff and players. You know, a lot of burnout happens because you're focused on one thing. You know, I suppose that's a really simplistic version of it. But, you know, you're, you know, you're driven on one thing, you know, and again, that idea of we have to win, Um, you know, you know, this, you know, take no days off or, you know, whatever. Whereas, you know, I think having the variety of sports really helps that. And again, you know, skill acquisition and seeing, you know, different things cross over. And, you know, I think especially now, and again, I suppose I'm referencing that maybe back to getting football, uh, you know, I suppose it's again, maybe a sport that I, I would be mm. glad in. And, you know, so much to be learned from playing different sports. You know, you, you see, you know, in terms of playing soccer, like how many, like, even in terms of, you know, skill-wise, but also, you know, tactical-wise, you know, how that transfers across the game. Like, you know, it's only a good thing, but, you know, I think, you know, especially in Ireland, maybe with this mindset of you play Gaelic football or you play hurling, and, and that's it. You know, we don't play, and as you say, you know, you specialise at such a young age, you know, you're not allowed to play, you know, you're not allowed to play, you know, rugby or soccer or, or whatever um, at, at those younger ages because, you know, they're, you, need, you need to just focus on your Gaelic. That's why you. That's why you get um, poor attention. That's why you guys drop out of sport. You know they don't go and play anything else. I suppose because the the associate no fun with all sports. Yeah. And I suppose they don't have the confidence to go and try something else. You know, a, a different sport or you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's probably just something that, and something me and uh, you know a couple of other fellas supposed to talked about recently. I suppose that's maybe kind of we kind of talked about that idea of you know winning and. You know, that's probably maybe why I come up because this was something interesting that I've been talking to different people about and you know see different things about it. And yeah. so, in Ireland, I uh, I totally agree on that side. Like, it, it's interesting because like even through like my vast array of different sports, just because of you know why not? Let's see how it could go. Yeah. You know, and where it kind of takes you on that. It's like you know the more I enjoyed something the easier it was to do it. The more I could socialize, the more the community was there, the more positive effect it had on my life. And then it's like, when it got to the teenage years and I was like, right, now you need to win. And I'm going, yeah, but I don't want to play rugby anymore now. You know, like, I like winning. I like, don't get me wrong. Everyone loves winning. But when it's the sole focus of like, hey, you need to be able to get this set and you got to make it perfectly. You know, you take some of the beauty and the fun out of it. You take that kind of sense of like sometimes like you playing, and I'm sure many of who are listening have been in a position where they just, you just feel at one, you know, it's just the the characteristic as they call flow in whatever way you want to define it. it it's just a wonderful thing. So it, it is terrible in a sense to see something that can be so, uplifting so beneficial and so changing to someone's life be just brought down to a simple black and white one and zero either win or you lose and you know suppose a couple of points in the sense so you know something you know when you're talking to players is you know all sport is failure you know if you watch anybody perform you watch any team perform there's there's almost more mistakes than there is, you know, successes, you know, even in terms of, you know, the game, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of misplaced passes, misplaced,
piss shots, ways, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's almost who feels the least, you know, goes on and wins. And also, you know, within that, you know, if you define everything down to, to and I think there's a quote somewhere, you know, if, um, you know, if what, if winning is um, life and death, mm. you're going to die a lot more times than you're going to live. Because, you know, you think about every sport, you know, you know, club championships going on back in Ireland, the minute, 16 teams, only going to be one winner. You know, that's about, you know, 6% is going to win. You know, 6% of players are going to, you know, be a champion or, or whatever. So, you know, you have to find, you know, other reasons why to play. You have to find other, you know, motives to play, you know. And again, you know, is that, you know, making it enjoyable? Is it, you know... um giving people an outlet, you know, in which to, you know, suppose socialise, you know, it can't just be winning and losing, as you say, and I suppose you're talking, you mentioned there about flow then, uh, there as well, you know, you know, flow is when you're immersed in the task, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing the things that you want to do, you know, you know what you're going to do, and, you know, you're at that level of where, you know, this is tough, but, you know, I'm enjoying this, and, you know, this is my, this is my level here, Flow disappears when you start thinking, "Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? You know, I, I better not, you know, give the ball away here because if we do that, we won't win, or we'll, you know." So again, you see that point, where, you know, when it comes down to you know winning and losing, you know, it's so important that we strip everything back, and you know, win and lose is just outcome. But what do we want to do, or you know, what are the things that we that will help us get there? Can we do them? You know, can we focus in on them? And you know, if we can, we're going to increase our chances of winning. But we can still enjoy what we do. You know, can we enjoy the process? Can we enjoy you know the you know, that intrinsic motivation rather than it has to be a cup, it has to be a trophy, it has to be money or you know whatever mm-hmm. adulation from other people. I like what you you kind of did, that intrinsic motivation. A lot of people, when they start sports, go for external. Yeah. Do you find that it's an easy switch to try and get athletes to kind of find that intrinsic part? It's it's a tough one. I, I, I suppose again, who's it relates to their environment? You know, if you've been maybe in that environment where you know, you've been successful, you know, as a younger athlete and, you know, you've won, won stuff, it's tough to switch into, you know, it's tough to go into that mindset of, you know, the intrinsic motivation because you're so associated with, you know, your hard work resulting in wins, you know, and you, I suppose you come conditioned to expect, you know, be, or sorry, you come conditioned to be um, almost in a sense externally motivated you know, have that extrinsic motivation. Um, so I suppose it depends, you know, where where you're coming from um, with that sense of getting athletes become intrinsically motivated. But I suppose then when you're trying to get somebody to become, you know, intrinsically motivated, it's, you know, what are you actually in control of here? You know, are you actually in control of, you know, winning or losing? And for some, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think they are. <laughs> you know you know if, if i ask somebody you know, what if you know i ask players sometimes like you know what are you in control of and they'll, they'll say i'm in control of what i score and i say how and they'll say well you know i get the ball and you know i'll put it over the bar and i'll say well are you going to get the ball do you get do you get the ball every time you ask for it and match me like no i was like well you know you're you're, you're not fully in control and i suppose then it comes to that point of you know, trying to, you suppose a big part of your know, intrinsic motivation is a sense of you know autonomy or you know being in control, and you try to bring that back to them where you realize what are you actually in control of here, you know, can, and again can we start to focus on that and I suppose drive that I suppose this is what I actually can control, this is the stuff that I actually can do, you know, I'm, I want to really focus on that and go out and execute that, and I want to be able to execute that really well, and I suppose that's I suppose in a sense of it, but. Again, I suppose this, uh, this this environment really comes into it a lot in terms of you know if you've been successful. I suppose if you haven't really been haven't really been successful, and a lot of your upbringing has been you know the enjoyment and you know, fun and you know, making relationships. 
you find those people do tend to be you know a lot more intrinsically motivated yeah yeah <laughs> bang on nail that one <laughs> it's funny because it, it it's when you try to explain that a lot of what we do is not in our control it, it, it can be quite a nerve-wracking kind of big you know what do you mean it's not in my control of course it's in my control um and then you kind of start seeing where those ideas flow, which is in a sense of like, oh, well, I can control my outcomes. And you're like, to a certain extent, I can control my emotions. And I'm like, oof, okay, now we're getting tough. Because like we like talking with uh, some of the clients in the sense, especially when they come to games, they get quite nervous. They get, they're quite upregulated. They're kind of on edge in a sense. And a lot of them always go, no, that's something I should get rid of. I should come into the game basically as calm as water. And that's how I do something. Now I know like you've spoken bits about this and kind of, kind of touched in on it because it's a big thing that a lot of people believe. So would you kind of dive into a little bit more about like the emotions going into a game? Yeah, I suppose in terms of the emotions going into the game, you know, emotions are one of those things, you know, they, they come and go. Mm. in a sense and you know they're they're a normal part of life you know you can think about you know life in general they're really a normal part of it but i think what it comes back to again in a sense is you know what's the expectation that you have you know and you often find you know people that go in and they say i'm so nervous i'm so nervous you know what are you nervous about and they're saying you know i need to play well why do you need to play well because we need to win you know everybody's watching me you know, can you do anything about everybody watching you? Uh, you know, no, not really. Do you think those people tomorrow, if you play badly, will care? No. Okay, so let's sort of remove remove that. Um, you know, if you play really really well today, will the team win? You know, they have a better chance. Yeah. You know, will they definitely win? No. Okay. So a big part of that, I suppose, in terms of emotion, is I suppose managing you know the expectation of the perceptions mm-hmm. as well of um you know you know how you perceive the game maybe or you know the performance i suppose sorry um in that sense um you know that's probably you know where i would try to sort of tailor it and i suppose that's involves doing work beforehand rather than I suppose maybe arriving on the day and saying you know again i suppose you can sort of help you know calm people down if you know if they are you know quite over aroused um but you know a lot of what i try to do is sort of get you know, why do you why is this so important to you you know you know do you think that's helpful do you think that's unhelpful you know maybe try to do that goes away from the game um mm. but you know i think it, it is important if you find that you are somebody that you know you struggle with your emotions on the day you know one thing to realize is you know you aren't your emotions you know uh, and you know sort of detaching from that you know you know, I, you know, I feel, um, or sorry, some people say, you know, I'm so nervous or, you know, um, I'm very anxious about this game. Yeah. yeah, you feel anxious, you feel nervous. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, that's, you know, you as a person, you know, it doesn't mean how you're going to perform. And, you know, one thing I suppose that I would try to say, and, you know, I listened to um, a bit of um, your podcast you've done with Izzy Sloan. Yeah. Um, and you know, really enjoy a lot of stuff that, that she talks about. And you know, that was I suppose one of the things that you know kind of related to her in the sense that you know nerves are normal. You know, I suppose it's a I suppose sorry to focus on a specific emotion probably, which a lot of people probably do um uh struggle with is that idea of nerves, but you know, understand that nerves are normal. You know, if you ask any athlete, they'll all say, Yeah, I feel nervous poor again. You know, it just shows it. You know, it shows that you care, and it's also, you know, in a physiological sense, is your body getting ready to perform? Yeah. You know, so if you don't feel nervous, you know, there's potential idea that you know your body's maybe not, you know, ready to ready to hit top gear. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's probably in terms of you know managing um, emotions and things. I'd probably relate it back to you know, why do you think you might feel this way? You know, what belief maybe do you have there that you know? is making you, you know, perhaps, you know, feel this way or, you know, is there a better way of managing that or reframing that, you know, around this upcoming performance? Yeah, I get that. I kind of try to, 
what do I do? I'm trying to like, wait, what do I do? <laughs> Bring in mantras in a sense that I try to obviously think, well, visualization. I know it divides the field when you talk about visualization in certain aspects where some people like 100%. You know, if you can visualize the certain moves, the patterns, how you to do something, performance can increase. You can use it as a way to kind of carry on through it. The others will be like, well, you're just creating, you know, more aspects to worry about and putting yourself in a position. So it's like, it's an interesting in that sense. And that's why I like talking in terms of people going, hey, you've got the ability to visualize these things. You've got the ability to create a match or going, hey, these are the things of values. These are the beliefs they use. And I'm going to cite it back to me going, hey, I'm going to put myself into the mood. Do you feel that the pregame in terms of the sense how you set your environment up is a big predicator of how the person can then perform or is it something that just changes based on the person yeah the the pre-game environment or you know pre-performance environment is something that you know is important to performance you know if you're i suppose in a situation or you're in sort of that environment you don't really know what you're doing or you're unprepared you know of course that's going to translate you know Mm. Into you know performance of you know, chaotic performance in a sense you know you know panic or um, again maybe if those um, uh, sort of that heightened arousal before the game perhaps then maybe when the game starts as well maybe we're we're maybe not where we want to be you know sort of on the come down uh, you know things like that there um, so again you know I think the environment is important but again I suppose it's that individual you know differences you know we talk about you know, performance states for athletes, you know, you talk you talk to some athletes and you see some athletes and they're nearly ready to go to sleep before the game game starts and they come out and they're, you know, on the ball every time, you know, seven, eight, nine out of ten every week. And then you see some athletes bouncing off the wall and again go out seven, eight, nine, ten out of ten every week. So yes, important the environment is important, I suppose, um, in the sense of you know do you know what you want to do? Do you know what works for you? And are you have you got a routine? Have you got a habit you go to? So you know you're talking there maybe about visualization and having different mantras. You know, yeah, you know if, if that works for you, you know go for it and make sure that you know you're making time to, to get that in there. But you know for some people it's just I'll take a nap thirty minutes before the performance. You know, and, and that's me. And you know if you if you said then that's not, that's not a good way to do that. You know they'll go out and they'll probably play it poorly. You know, suppose it's, it's, it's that idea of um, suppose individual differences and, and again finding what works for you and maybe that's one thing that you know sort of comes up um, as being a bit of an issue in terms suppose in terms of some of the stuff that I do. You know, people sometimes see visual. Maybe that's why visualization. Maybe you know you're kind of saying there it divides opinion because you know it, it doesn't work for some people. But some people will say, oh, you have to do this. You know, that you have to do this. You know, if you do this, you will perform well. Again, you might create that expectation. The person does it and they say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to play well. Then they don't play well. And then they say, oh, visualization's useless. You, you, know, just, you know, there's so many threads that you could go down. You know, it's very good questions. But I'm sort of, I suppose, running down different threads and things. Um, but it's about finding what works for you. But that takes, you know, if it's not something you've ever thought about, mm. you know, if you're you know, quite an inconsistent performer, think about, you know, how did I feel before the game? What was I doing before the game? You know, yeah. can, I go, can I replicate that? Okay, right. I find that, that works for me now. I'm going to try and implement that going forward and create that little bit of structure. And, you know, like I say, well, that's mantras or, you know, naps or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But, yeah. I could definitely say I would love to be the nap athlete. That sounds absolutely beautiful. That'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being there like, okay, I'm feeling all the adrenaline. I'm feeling that move. Like this better hurry up and get moving because I need to move. It's, <laughs> it's I, don't know. I think it's so funny because like, especially uh, the beginning of this year, the CrossFit Open, so it was uh, we participated in it. And then you get to, and I'm like, ooh, from a psych perspective, since I wasn't one of the first going, 
And I was like, ooh, I'm immersed in the energy. So you can feel the energy. And then you start looking at how people interact and how people do things from shakes to nervous tics to like check everything on the body. And I'm like, it's, I know it's amazing to see the human body as a whole find different ways to express a similar thing each person's feeling, whether it be like, you know, that sudden state of arousal to like nerves or like kind of that butterfly feeling it's like there's so many different uh, expressions of it and it's it's so interesting to just watch how someone does these things because you're there and you're just like wow this is a great experiment if i could control it <laughs> but from that aspect though i think that what one thing i did like we were also saying in terms of just like people often can think of or go through a new method right? And someone says it's pretty crap or it could be good and it changes the whole outcome of how they play. Do you find that it actually happens a lot of people where say you were dealing with a client and a sense you're like, oh, hey, try this method. And then you preface it with, this is a brilliant method and it changes the way they see things. Would you use that with clients? No, it's not something that I would do. Um, Because I suppose from the outset, I always preface you know what we do in terms of you know we're going to trace we're going to work together and there's mm. going to be some things that i may suggest and you may think mm, don't really like that maybe other things that i suggest you may say no i actually really really like that you know and you know i'm going to take that and i'm going to run with that because i suppose at the end of the day for me is i want to you know help athletes be independent yeah. you know go away and they can you know you know carry out different things that they like doing and they find that works for them so i suppose in that aspect you know i never go in to them saying you know this is really really good or this is really brilliant you know i might say you know this is you know quite i might say it's generally quite a useful technique you know obviously you know say back to research talk to you know lots of different athletes you know you know utilize it lots of maybe people that i've worked with have used it and they found it useful, but I suppose I would never go in and say, you know, this is brilliant. You know, yeah. but again, it's interesting, perhaps if you did do that, there would be that placebo effect where, you know, even if it wasn't, you know, useful, they might find it as useful. And, you know, you know, going forward, then they might, like you say, it could just be like a placebo effect. Yeah, I, that's the interesting thing about it. Because like, I was watching the other day, what was there? I was watching some sprints and everything. And then one of the guys commentary afterwards, I just wasn't in the mind frame. And I was like, I was thinking, I'm going, deception as a whole in the field is often frowned upon. It was like, for, for, for obvious reasons. And I was like, wondering, I'm like, if a person came up to him and was just like, hey, the fact that like, you know, the way you tie your shoelaces or something even just so benign and be like, hey, no, that's going to make a difference. And then see what that aspect comes. Would that have changed the whole outcome? And also it's like, it's, it's an interesting thing to see because like every time I talk to someone who is a, a sports psych and I'm going, have you used deception? And everyone's always like, no, but everyone always, always goes the same direction. It's just like, we'll give them the ability to be individual. And I think it's the best outcome because I think you end up running into a few problems, which is what happens if the placebo doesn't work in a good position? Yeah. And I suppose the interesting one there in terms of you know what is it that you want them i suppose you know there's a fine line between maybe routines and um what's the word i'm looking for not routines and, and superstitions yeah. you know we can you know routines really helpful get in the right you know frame of mind where superstition is you know something you know very very minor or you know something like that then we automatically have sometimes something that actually can't be repeated or, you know, something might go wrong, you know, something that's not within our control. Yeah. You know, we hear people talking about like lucky, lucky boxers or whatever, you know, you know, what are the lucky boxers is in the wash or you've lost them or something. Then straight away person goes into that, who's a negative mind frame or that unhelpful mind frame. So, oh, I haven't got them on. I'm not going to go well today. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, switching into routines stuff that you're in control of you know that's the big thing i suppose that it goes back to some of the stuff we talk about in terms of control you know if you're always in control of it you can always do it you can always regulate your you know your your, how you're feeling your performance and things like that there so it seems to maybe 
Um, but I do see your point in terms of, yeah, oh, let's do this thing. It's, it's really, really, really good. It's unreal. <laughs> I do see you're coming from that, but no, it wouldn't be what I would go for now. Oh, I, I, I'm still I'm still trying to find someone who's at least done it so I can at least hear from it because I'm like, it's an intriguing aspect to see. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't run it on yourself, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, look, I've done this 300 times and, you know, it works. I'm like, yeah, of course. One thing I would actually like to ask, there's two follow-up questions, but one question is, what are five things that athletes could do to help improve their performance? Five? Oh. Yep. Um, I suppose in terms of, um, I suppose the first thing, think about, on I suppose a really basic level in terms of, you know, what do you want from your sport? You know, what is the main thing for you in terms of your sport? And then put, you know, can you put in place or structure, you know, to go out and carry that out? Can you, can you go and put that in place and because again maybe some of us you know don't really know what we want from our sport um and you know we don't really know maybe the things that we enjoy from our sport so therefore you know if you don't know what you enjoy how can you enjoy it I suppose that would be um the first thing say to help athletes in terms of sport um one thing that I suppose I would say maybe in terms of you know building belief or you know confidence or you know I suppose probably more belief rather than confidence but you know Journaling, you know, I think it's really powerful to in terms of you know, yes, we all practice and, and you know we can you know um, we can go away and do the physical uh, work skills or whatever, but actually writing that down and journaling that, you know, you can come back and you can say you can go back and look through it and say I've actually done the hard work here mm. uh, because it's something you know that you know you always sort of you notice you know bring that sort of negativity bias you know it'll focus on you know the training maybe that you done poorly at or you know maybe the training that you missed and that's what you'll think about when you're stepping up you know to walk out onto the field or you know, you're in the changing room or you're on the diving board or, or you know whatever or you're at the first tee but you know if we have that journal of you know okay you know we've done this training what was going really well in that training what could have improved on and then you're looking, you say, oh, well, oh look, there's where I had that thing that I wanted to improve and I didn't improve on it. So, you know, really, you know, and again, you know, we talk about, you know, belief. You need evidence for all these things, you know, and the brain likes to look for, you know, small bits of evidence to sort of say why you're wrong or to be negative. So we have to build banks of evidence to say, you know, no, this is why you're actually good. This is why you actually have done the hard work. Um, so that's something that, you know, I always, <clears throat> you know, um, get, um players to to think about so that's two um trying to think of you know what i suppose sort of not to say that i ever give people you know everybody the same stuff but you know something that i think they try to play mm. to everyone um one thing i suppose i would say is in terms of maybe you know this might tie into two you might yeah you could probably tie this into two in a sense in terms of you know thinking about you know, negative thoughts or, you know, unhelpful thoughts. I don't really like to say helpful and unhelpful mm. or negative and positive because some negative thoughts are actually can be quite helpful, you know, in a sense. So sometimes I try to focus maybe more on terms of, you know, helpful and unhelpful. And, you know, again, when we're performing, you know, <clears throat> can we start to spot these unhelpful thoughts, you know, whether that's in training and, you know, then can we start to work backwards and say, well, what's actually maybe the belief that's maybe causing this? You know, why, why, why do I have this unhelpful thought that you know I missed that shot, I'm useless? You know that you know that doesn't you know because just because you've you know missed a shot doesn't make mean you're useless. There's something you must have this belief about yourself. Perhaps you know maybe why do you, why is that? So because again we have we start these thought trains and maybe have one thought leads to another leads to another leads to another and then next thing you know you're walking off the pitch and you haven't done nothing you know you've been so entranced in your thoughts you haven't performed well so you know paying attention looking out for those negative thoughts and i suppose to help do that you know you know meditation you know, mind, you know mindfulness meditation you know, something that comes up quite a lot and you know people you know, again, I suppose it's like the visualization. Some people maybe don't like it. You know, it doesn't work for some people, and some people do like it. Um, 
you know, I, I think it's quite useful. Um, but again, sometimes you talk to athletes and they don't find it. They don't find it useful. And you know, I think it is this bad reputation in the sense that you know so many people talk about it. In that sense, we you know it's changed my life. Mm. That everybody else expects it's going to change their life, and then you know maybe they don't stick with it long enough, or maybe you know one of the things they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. But I suppose with meditation, that's it. You just sit there, you know, and you kind of see the thoughts come and go. Yeah. You know, and it's you know being aware of, you know, when that first thought hits, okay, there's a okay, I've seen it, okay, now I can sort of let it go rather than catching it and yeah. running with it, and because then that's maybe where the issue starts. Then we we jump onto this thought and we follow it along, and you know, next thing we're in this tangled up web of, you know, oh, I'm you know I'm no good or you know I'm a bad player. So I would say you know. That idea of you know meditation or you know mindfulness and linking that maybe with starting to look for those maybe you know negative thoughts in our sport maybe where they appear you know what situations bring them out mm. and maybe why do those situations bring them out so I suppose you know bit of a you know um, in depth one maybe like two two and one there almost um, but I still count that as three and four and then. Um, I suppose in terms of the last one, you know, trying to get athletes, I suppose, to, you know, help them uh, in terms of performance would be thinking about what can I do today? You know, what are the things, what, what can I do? What would I like to do? And I suppose a couple, a couple of points in here, I suppose, is, you know, I suppose we're relating back to negative thoughts as well. You know, think about the language that you do, that you're using. You know, is it, you know, I would like to do this. You know, I, I, I want to do this. Um, so is it, you know, you know, positive in the sense of you're moving towards something, you know, that kind of approach language, um, rather than maybe that negative language of, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, because when we start thinking about, you know, I don't want to do this, um, then we start to, to drift away. But I suppose that would be um, the last point there in terms of, you know, what are the things that I want to do? What are the processes? And, you know, really sitting down and thinking about what are the processes that I want to do? You know, again, maybe factor in your values there as well. You know, how do I want to perform today? You know, you know what, what what does that look like? You know, what do I look like? Maybe, um, you know, what sort of, um, you know, you mentioned their energy. What type of energy? You know, am I giving off? You know, I'm giving off you know, positive, helpful energy. I'm a good teammate. You know, I'm being a leader. So, you know, chilling into those, you know, processes and, you know, knowing them and being able to focus on them. And when the game does get tough, you know, you can fall back on them and say, no, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the expectations, the outcomes, they're, they're way off in another, another world. But I know if I focus on my processes, you know, I can, they'll, there's a better chance of reaching them that I will get there as a byproduct of that. So that was the five there. Um, yeah, good question. Yeah, really got. So we're trying to think of you know things that could relate to, I suppose, the vast majority of people. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a nice thing, because also like the way you were bringing things in in terms of addressing that negative bias. Yeah. Like, come on, I, I even had a day the other night, and then I literally I was going through, and I'm going hold on a second. I literally, like, I went to the toilet, sat down on the toilet and went like, what am I doing? <laughs> I just think, <laughs> I tell people about this whole idea that, like, it's like, if you want to think about it, it's the infinite string. You pull it and it keeps going and going and it doesn't stop. And everyone's just like, oh, but it'll eventually come to an end. I was like, it doesn't because it just morphs and it just keeps going and it's going. It's like the Gordian knot. It's just like, it's insane. And it's just like that aspect where you just sit down and be like, I just call myself. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what, like, what are you like? What is this happening? And then I just started laughing. I'm like, in the middle of what, like, I was saying, we were at half 11, 12 o'clock. I just started laughing. I was just like, ah, oh. it was like recognizing that is such a big thing because from that point, it's like not only that, it's like you build belief in yourself again. It's like instead of chipping things away, you're actually like, okay, I'm putting the deposit back into, you know, the whole of me. And then let's say, also, like, it's like, what can I do? We seldom we ask that. It's always how could it be better? 
or yeah. what do I need to do or what has the outcome? But it's like, what can you do? What's the energy you give here? I like that. I very like that. Because <laughs> it, ex- it expands on what the people can do. And then the last question, which I thought would be interesting for yourself is sports can come with a lot of negativity and it can also be quite, I would say, I would almost say damaging, but I'll go with it for the time being. Damaging to the mental health. Yeah. How do you, or should I say, how would you try and talk to someone in a sense to try and help improve their mental health in and around sport? That's the better way of looking at it. So in terms of, you know, somebody who's like an athlete who's in that position or as a, you know, somebody who works as a coach or something, how they could improve that. Oh, we've got two different things. So you're going to have to go two strings now. Um, those, the first thing I would say is, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, obviously I work um, yep. in terms of sport, mental performance and uh, sports college and things like that. But I'm not, you know, an expert on mental health. So, you know, if I'm talking to somebody and, you know, and they, you know, ask for advice, you know, I'm working with somebody and something starts to come up, you know, I'll pass that on, you know, to somebody. Oh, yeah. who, I suppose that's the big thing that, you know, yeah, because I suppose you, you do see some people and, you know, they do think that they give out, they can, you know, work with people with mental health, you know, already qualified. But I suppose that would be the one thing. But I suppose um, in terms of, you know, um the individual i suppose um maybe struggling you know thinking i suppose it goes back to you know what what is the situations or what are the maybe the beliefs that Mm. you have or you know around your sport because i suppose sports an interesting one because you hear all the time exercise physical activity sport you know is really good for your mental health Mm. but on the flip side, there's a lot of things within sport that, you know, can trigger, you know, again, some of the stuff we touched on you know, before, you know, this desire to win, you know, this pressure to win all the time, injury, burnout, you know, those are things that, you know, can lead to mental health issues. So again, I suppose it's, you know, but, you know, making athletes aware, you know, I was actually just looking at a, um, you know, paper there about um, Gaelic uh, footballers here in Ireland, you know, mm. uh, Barriers to barriers and facilitators to them seeking mental health after injury because again, like say, their injury is one that could lead to that. There, but you know, I suppose you know it's the same stuff that comes up again. You know, you know, let them know where they can go, point them in the right directions. You know, mm. you know, big thing. Listen, you know, I think you know, and I suppose you know, we can all be better at listening. You know, it's maybe and I think in the world that we live in now you know everybody has an opinion and you know and I think you know some of it is you know there's a lot of knowledge out there mm. as well and people probably pick that up and think oh I can talk about this you know and again you know sometimes you just have to say you know I, I'm not you know entirely sure you know I'm gonna have to you're gonna have to try to help them out in that sense but you know I suppose that idea of you know um an athlete that is probably something along those lines of you know listen to them see you know what is but if it's you know mental health really you know i would have to you know give a pass it on you know in terms of you know someone who's a lot more um qualified than me um but you know i suppose there is things again thinking about you know you know what are the situations maybe that bring us back? Can we start to maybe think about, you know, some of those maybe beliefs or um, areas that, that you know, might be worth challenging? Um, I suppose it would be something that, that I would con- consider. And then I suppose on the flip side, you know, in an environment or as a, as a coach, you know, you know, if I'm a coach, you know, do I know my players? Yeah. You know, can I notice if, you know, such and such is, you know, a little bit, you know, off. They've been off for a couple of weeks. You know, can I have a, is it is it an environment where it's comfortable to talk about these things? You know, I mean, you know, what type of environment is it in terms of coaches, expectations, you know, teammates, you know, 
you know, have I created an environment where players can come to me and say, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And, you know, it's not going to be, oh, but we need you to play. You know, uh, we, we can't, we can't do without you, you know, or is it an environment where players can say, I can come to them and I know they're going to listen to me and they're going to do what's best, best for me. Um, mm. That's part of it. Um, and again, I suppose, you know, it's what type of values does the environment that you have um, run off? Is it, you know, success, women, or is it, you know, fun, you know, um, building relationships, you know, you know, um, yeah. having a sense of, of hard work as well, probably within there, but, you know, I suppose probably you know, that idea of, you know, how do we deal with a player, or help a player that, that um, might be having those, um, you know, issues, and I suppose, like I say, I'll you know, do my bits and pieces. But you know, for me, I, I, I'm probably not wrong. So you know, I feel like you're doing a player a disservice there. You know, if you start, you know, trying to do that, uh, and again, I suppose, you know, with a coach, maybe here a few things maybe that you could do within your environment that may, you know, because I think the big thing is, you know, a stigma. There's still a stigma there. You know, people yeah. people are afraid to step forward and say, you know, why is that? Mm-hmm. So. You kind of make an kind of create an environment where you know it's not, you know, you know frowned upon to come and uh, and, and say you know whether that's because there's a stigma around mental health, whether that's around, you know, if I do this, you know, I know I'm not going to play or you know mm. I'm going to be you know dropped or you know they're going to force me to play anyway. Um, you know, is there, you know, education, you know, in terms of you know coaches know maybe what to look for you know uh, you know do they know their players mm-hmm. again the probably list back you know building relationships and things like that there yeah. yeah you could have a whole conversation about what coaches probably should be looking at when they have their athletes but sometimes yeah <laughs> gets uh, lost but i think that what's the nice thing about that is it, the reason why i asked that very question is that People believe that as long as you're in some some aspect of psychology, everybody has the ability to help you with that yeah. problem. And it's it's pointing that very aspect out that it's just that there's divisions in psychology as just as there's divisions in accountancy, there's divisions in everything. It's like you can't expect one thing to be able to kind of just match you progress the other side. And it's great having someone actually say that. Usually people be like, well, like, you know, I'll say some of these things to help, but that's not all um, I can do. But one thing then, like, kind of as we tie things up, because which is very nice, because it always becomes like the the values, the beliefs and the perception of things. What would be your advice? So, like, if you had to give someone coming to you going, hey, Eddie, what is your best advice you can give me? What would that be? What would be the best advice I could give you? Yeah. Um, oh, geez. Um, this is, I see that question sort of similar to this, and it's like, what would be, if you could give the best sentence to win a million dollars, what would it be? It's kind of this was a similar thing. Um, so if an athlete come to me and said, what's the best advice that I could give them? It's a heavy one. Yes. I suppose there's lots of things you could say. Uh, probably, I would say, sit down and think about why you play your sport. You know, why do you play your sport? And I suppose the second part of that would be, do you feel like that's what you're getting out of your sport at the minute? And can you start, is there a way of closing that gap? You know, how can you close that gap? Because, like, like I say, you know, for the vast majority of people, your sport's supposed to be fun. You know, are you are you somewhere where the sport is fun? You know, and I suppose some people are maybe listening. It's like, does this isn't you know what I was looking out of this? But you know, when you when you look at it, you know, from an overall view, you know, yes, winning is great, but you know, not everybody can win. It's a good thing to strive to want to win. You know, I think you know, mm. but in that healthy sense of you know. You know, I'm going to try and be the best I can. I suppose winning that internal, maybe battle with yourself of, you know, I'm improving, I'm better than I was um, before. But that would probably be maybe the advice to give you know, what do you, why do you play your sport or what do you want to get out of it? Is that what you're actually getting out of it at the minute? 
you know, when, can you start to close, is it start thinking of ways maybe close that that gap in a sense? Um, because if you can, a, you're probably going to increase the window or the chances of success, you know, as a byproduct, you yeah. know, as well. And that's something that I think, you know, if you have happy players, happy athletes, then performance is much more, you know, inclined or, you know, you, you create better, you happy athletes, you know, you have happy people, you know, happy human beings, you know, just, you know, well, not, not necessarily, but, you know, more likely, you know, big facet of their life is going to be happy. So hopefully that translates into other aspects as well. Yeah, I, totally yeah. I like that. I like that. It's yeah. I know it's something that's not not done often. It's just thinking of why you play the very sport you do. Everyone's like, I was forced into it, or I just stumbled upon it. It's like, no, think about it. So I like that. It's a very good advice there. Yeah. For people who would love to get in touch with you, how can they go about getting in touch? So I am on Facebook. Um, I am on Instagram, and it's just uh, sports performance thoughts. Um, so if you go on there, you'll see, um, you know, some of my ramblings and stuff like that there. And, you know, I suppose try to put up a few posts and stuff as well. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter as well. And that's just Eddie Shiki. Um, so I'm on there as well. Probably not as active on there as I probably should be. But, um, yeah, I'm on there as well. So that's where you can get touch. I just want to say thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm going to have so many more questions, especially in future podcasts. Oh, no worries. No, cheers. Thanks for having me on. It's always nice to be. It's always nice to think somebody thinks you're um, going to have um, provide something useful for them. <laughs>